Hello, my name is Mark Taylor. Welcome back to the podcast of the National Association for Primary Education. Today we're going to be talking about multi-academy trusts. I'm going to be chatting to Mark Lacey, who since September 2015 has served as Chief Executive of the Diocese of Salisbury Academy Trust. And this trust comprises of 18 academies across Wiltshire and Dorset. And then Mark was part of a research steering group as part of this sustainable growth in MATs, which is a report that's come out during the summer term by Primary Sight. Um, and we're going to chat about this particular report and also his experience of being in charge of a multi-academy trust. If you'd like to actually have a look at this report, please go to the show notes of this episode. If you go to nape.org.uk, just click on the podcast tab and you'll be able to click on this particular show and you can see there's a show notes tab there, which will give you access to all the details and you'll be able to download the research so this is my conversation with mark lacy talking about sustainable growth in multi-academy trusts hello mark lacy and thank you very much for joining us here on the national association for primary education podcast it's great to be here thank you very much so we're going to be talking about trusts and specifically we're going to be talking about a little bit about a report that, that I know you've been part of. But let's start with a little bit of background in terms of, of your professional experience and how you've got involved in being part of a trust and, and the, the different sizes that I know you've got a lot of experience in. Sure, yeah. So um, I, my background is primary education um, and uh, was a primary head teacher in, uh, in Bristol for 12 years. Uh, during that time, uh, the school uh, converted to become a standalone uh, academy trust in around about 2012 um, and uh, was part of a very dynamic partnership of schools, a, a, a loose collaboration of schools really in, in those days, uh, around about nine schools that worked very closely together, which gave me a real sort of sense of what schools can do when they when they work very closely and work in, in re- really strong collaboration. Um, and, and that gave me a bit of an interest, I suppose, in, in, in in pursuing uh, another avenue in terms of, uh, of a career and so on. So uh, I uh, was fortunate enough to be appointed as the Chief Executive of the Diocese of Salisbury Academy Trust in 2015, uh, which was a, a small and emerging trust that had uh, that had taken on uh, I think six out of those seven first schools that uh, that were uh, in the trust when I joined uh, had joined under sponsored uh, conditions a number of them very small uh, and uh, less than a thousand pupils altogether uh, at that point um, but over time we've seen the trust grow we've seen the schools improve considerably and uh, we're now uh, at 18 schools uh, recently uh, took in a, a, another uh, small trust uh, a trust of three schools that we'd been working very closely with for a period of time uh, and uh, also another four schools that have just received academy orders to join us so we'll be at 22 schools by by January 2021 so quite a progression over that over the course of five or six years. And how have you found that progression because I, I imagine that the the job of, of teacher and then head teacher is very different from the one of actually being in charge of an entire group of schools. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I, I don't think anything quite prepares you for that in that respect. Uh, I, I, I came into primary education with uh, a bit of a mixed background, really, in terms of uh, I'd done a business degree at university and uh, had uh, done some uh, as part of that degree. I'd, I'd worked uh, for a firm of accountants during that period of time, uh, but had a real passion for education and learning and so on. And so came into into primary teaching through through that route so I've always personally I've always had that interest in 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 the sort of more strategic business um, kind of side of things um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I think you know running one school uh, is is a uh, challenge enough. I had 500 pupils in uh, in, in an inner city context, um, and, and you know that that brought its own challenges. But but moving to uh, to run a a group of schools, yeah, it was certainly very different, and and I've had to had to learn a lot. And I, I think what what is really what's been really interesting from a professional point of view is almost you have to reinvent the role and reinvent yourself every year when when growth is happening at that kind of rate because uh, the the sort of uh, hands-on nature of the role really when I started in in a very small central team um, has has become increasingly distant in many ways in that uh, I now have other people that go in and do some of that hands-on work that that I used to do so yeah it's certainly been uh, an interesting journey um, but but one that's been been a real pleasure to be a part of and do you see it as a real evolution of um almost like the old-fashioned cluster schools you know it, that that kind of schools that would sort of come together for the benefit of local schools and they while they i guess they would share good practice in some respects i mean i sort of remember as my children were going through schools you know the idea of coming together for a concert or a sports event or, or that kind of thing is this sort of a natural development of that or, or is it slightly slightly more complex do you think I, I would definitely say it's more complex. Uh, I, I think it, it certainly has uh, many of the features of, of, of what you described there. And uh, and that, you know, the context I described there in Bristol a number of years ago was very much that kind of thing, except we wanted to take that collaboration much deeper uh, and really make sure that we were seeing significant impact in the schools and taking collective responsibility for that. So that's where my passion for that came from, because I think very often, uh, certainly in the past and, and even perhaps today, as well those those informal clusters uh, perhaps don't have the impact that they could have and, and should have um, but I think you know what what, what happens within a within a, a school trust uh, environment is more complex and I think perhaps the defining factor of that sad to say is the fact that there's money involved um, and wherever money is involved things become more complicated don't they and the accountability uh, you know stakes are, are much much higher um, so yeah it, it is it is complex it is quite nuanced and I think you know we're in a very whatever your political feelings are about this we're in a very um, we're in a very complex uh, educational landscape, aren't we? And we have standalone trusts, we have multi-academy trusts, we have local authority mainstained schools, we have free schools and, and all those sorts of things that, that are around. And, and I think part of the complexity is how uh, we try to make some sense of that such that uh, that we're able to have a, a real impact on, on the outcomes for, for the children in our care. So certainly complex. And I think one of the things that, that we've been working on over the last couple of years in terms of growth is how we uh, begin to, I'm going to use your word now, how we begin to cluster those schools together uh, so that they work, uh, you know, in, in those localities. I mean, we use, we tend to use the word hubs more, more these days, but it's the same concept in very many ways but with a trust like ours that is quite geographically dispersed um, so we we cover uh, a great tract of land from just south of the M4 near Swindon right the way down to the south coast in Weymouth and you know it's a, it's a big area uh, and and how we get schools to work effectively in there and how we bring them together in smaller groups within that larger group to, to work effectively has been quite a challenge and and really that's where our growth strategy lies for the future is about growing those existing hubs rather than um, developing in in other more isolated areas. 
and give us some ideas of what you think some of the real benefits are of being in a in a trust which is growing in that way and and also on on the other side of that i guess there's a certain amount of your you're supporting them in so many ways in being able to like say it's nuanced so things are ebbing and flowing a little bit but i guess you still want each school to have their own individuality as well yeah i mean our our philosophy and our 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 vision really is is based around um schools having their own uh, individuality uh, being creative being flexible about the things that they're doing um but in terms of the advantage that it brings it allows us to do certain things together it allows us to do certain things in the same way uh, and and to be able to <clears throat> to challenge our uh, our thinking around how we do certain things uh, and to direct our time direct our attention to the things that are going to make the most difference for children so you know the, one of the exciting things that, that we see through working together is the level of collaboration that is beginning to emerge now and it's taken time but beginning to emerge for for teachers working very closely together um, and we've developed over the last uh, 12 to 18 months uh, a, a program of trust lead teachers as we call them where we have a group of around 25 teachers uh, spread across uh, our, our region uh, who who are going in and working alongside and supporting uh, teachers in, in, in other schools and, and helping to move that that uh, that learning forward and and it's been it's been quite transformational, really, in terms of number one, the the development of that group of people, uh, and seeing them. You know, these are dedicated classroom teachers. These are not people who are on some crazy career path, uh, you know, all the way up to, to 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 leadership and so on. But they're they're dedicated teachers who just want to be amazing teachers, but but want to be able to share that more widely as well. Uh, and for them to go in and work alongside their peers has a, an awful lot more credibility than than me directing sort of senior leaders and others into those kinds of scenarios where there's a much uh, you know higher threat level I suppose perceived threat level in those kinds of circumstances so you know being able to develop a program like that has been has been really uh, really powerful um, and then you know uh, so, so teaching and learning and school improvement really is the is the key for me all the way through uh, but then you do have uh, the, the the ability to to be able to uh, procure services and to uh, to to deliver capital investment and uh, IT strategies and that sort of thing, uh, and to be able to do that in in a uniform way across those groups of schools that just takes some of the pressure and some of the stress of that away from from head teachers and school leaders, uh, you know, to enable that to happen. Uh, in, in a more collaborative and collegiate way. So uh, I think that sense of belonging and that sense of direction and certainly, uh, you know, if I can reference the, the current circumstances that we're facing at the moment, the, the strength that uh, our head teachers, but other teachers as well, have got from being able to meet virtually with, with other like-minded head teachers within the trust has been a real strength, of, a source of strength and, and support to them. And do you think it's likely that a lot of the smaller trusts are going to become part of of bigger trusts do you think that they'll that they'll become part of trusts which are already large or do you think like you said there was a bit of an organic kind of coming together with yours that they'll kind of create their own how do you sort of see the landscape developing 
It's, it's very difficult, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, we, we, we look at standalone trusts uh, and then we look at small trusts and we know that there is perhaps some political pressure to to, to be applied to those to, to move towards bigger trusts. But I don't think any of that is necessarily uh, inevitable. Uh, and, and for me, it's not, you know, as as a trust that is now, uh, you know, I suppose considered to be a larger trust. Certainly in terms of schools, we have quite small pupil numbers still. So we're only uh, around about three and a half thousand uh, pupils, which for the number of schools we've got is is quite small. Um, but uh, you, you know that that. <laughs> For, 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 for the, the pressure for those those small trusts and those standalone trusts to, to come into those bigger ones, I think it's down to to, to trusts like ours and, and many others to, uh, to 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 win the hearts and minds of, of those trusts because there's no there's no benefit to be had in trusts coming together where there's not an alignment of vision and, and values and certainly that's something that comes through very strongly in the research report that we're that we're referencing here that that there needs to be that degree of of alignment that you know we, we all need to be working to the same ends otherwise that's not going to be a happy marriage in in any way so. You know, the example of our trust taking in another trust recently was very much about a meeting of minds in terms of this is what we're all about. We're all in this for the same thing. We can see ourselves aligning alongside each other very strongly, very clearly, uh, and, and we can move forward with a real sense of purpose. So there was no sense of, uh, of, of threat or takeover or, uh, you know, any kind of unseemly behaviour in that respect. It was all very mutual and very much by agreement um, and, and we've seen you know obviously we've been able to bring a lot of things to that trust in terms of uh, the support that we have and the systems that we have in place but equally that small trust have brought a wealth of experience and, and expertise to, to, to our bigger trust which has been uh, a real bonus. And, and tell us a little bit more about that kind of skills within within the i mean the workforce is probably not a very good way of putting it but but it, there's obviously the sense of as we talked about towards the beginning of our conversation the sense that the role of head teacher isn't one that necessarily makes you a very good leader of, of many schools or, or many head teachers and so there's obviously a skills gap or, or or there's a learning curve there which isn't something which is necessarily within any, any kind of career path or whatever and I, I liked what you said about teachers going into other schools to be able to to support and that kind of thing it does the same thing happen along that sort of senior leadership area as well yeah it's, it's a really key point and uh, and, and again, the, re the report identifies that a, a, a key thing for, for growing trust is about getting the right skills for leadership, whether that's at, at trust board level or whether it's amongst the, uh, the teams of people that you have working with the schools and in the schools. And uh, I mean, if we take ourselves back to some of the thinking um, muddled, though maybe some of it was, but some of the thinking around academy trusts in, in the first place, it was really about saying you have the skills within the schools to be able to lead things forward. Uh, you don't need uh, external groups and other bodies that are that are working with you. You have those skills there, and we always challenge ourselves with that. For for us, it's not about building a bigger and bigger central team all the time. 
you know, if that's the approach we're going to take, we might as well all, all go back to being local authorities. But it's about saying we've got people leading the schools, we've got people leading departments, we've got people leading subjects, um, and, and those people have the skills to be able to support right across the piece. What we haven't had is uh, is the, the approach to system leadership. Uh, I know it's something we've been talking about probably for 10, 15 years now, but we haven't had the approach to system leadership that has allowed those people to to develop uh, within those schools and, uh, and to, to be able to take those wider roles now some of our long-standing very experienced uh, high capacity uh, school trusts ha have been able to do that and been able to do that really well but that's been in pockets and not been spread widely enough across the system so when, when you are looking for a, a, a senior role uh, within a trust uh, I mean if I take my school improvement team which is small it's just just three or four people uh, but when I take that that school improvement team and I appoint to that uh, I identify the right people to be able to move into the, those roles is is difficult because uh, we've interviewed many people for those kinds of roles in the past and they just don't have that experience of school to school working uh, and so we, we we work very hard now to develop those people within the trust so that if we do advertise an opportunity like that in, in the future then actually we, we know that we will have you know at least one if not more um, strong candidates from within um, uh, never mind others who may come from from outside so we wouldn't want to just be using our own people all the time because there's real value in bringing folk from from outside as well uh, but yeah, we're, we're looking to develop system leaders, system teachers right the way across so that we can deploy them uh, effectively where and, where and when we need to. You talked about the values and, and obviously the, the coming together of like-minded schools in, in terms of having a strong trust. How much um, contact do you have with other different types of trusts and, and how does that sort of influence where, where, where you go and how you decide to, to, to move forward as well? Because I, I guess while your set of values might be one thing, there might be other trusts which have different sets of values. And so in terms of being the same type of organisation but with a different focus, how, how do you, how, what's your experience of, of, of how those things work? Uh, it's, it's a really interesting question and I suppose um, I, I might give a different answer to that uh, to, to how many any trusts might uh, the, the one of the key reasons for that obviously is that we are a diocesan trust so um, we, we we have our, our basis within the diocese and, and within Church of England primary schools and although we're not exclusively for them in that respect actually all of our schools are Church of England primary schools so we have that very strong um, that very strong faith element to our, to our vision um, and, and that is what, what draws many, many schools to us. Um, but, but equally, you know, there are, there are mixed multi-academy trusts that have uh, church schools and non-church schools and there are those that, that don't have church schools at all. And, and I think ultimately at, at the very heart of it, we're all there for the, for the same things, aren't we really? And that we want the very best outcomes for children. We want to, we want to see children uh, growing holistically and, and developing in, in all the right ways and having the very best opportunities for the future. So, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's very rare to come across another trust that you wouldn't want to work with. And I think as the system uh, grows and develops and matures, we're certainly seeing much more of that. Um, one of the things that the research report refer, refers to is is competition and how sometimes competition can limit the growth of, of trusts. 
And um, I mean, we're really experiencing that uh, much less these days. And actually what there is, is is a much greater degree of willingness on the part of trusts to work together. Uh, and again, I think the current situation has has actually facilitated that and uh, and almost forced that issue uh, because, you know, we're all dealing in the moment and dealing with the crisis and actually we're all learning really effectively from one another. So I've 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 seen some really strong local networks of CEOs and school trusts being formed just out really over the last uh, number of weeks. Um, but I think, you know, you find those trusts that you align with closely and you you work uh, a lot together. So I'm involved uh, in uh, in a network with a number of CEOs from uh, trusts that have church schools within them across the country. Uh, and we uh, actually have a program of, of, of meetings and visits and we visit trust one another's trust so that we can learn from one another uh, and share good practice and so on so uh, i'm seeing a lot more of trusts working together working alongside each other and i think you know now we're at that stage of maturity i think that can only be a good thing and do you think that being part of a trust like this i i, I love the family feel of it I, lo- I love the sense that that you're embracing everybody and and like I say sort of aligning in, in your values and also your vision and all of that kind of thing do you think that supports people working within schools against the sense that they're having to do something for Ofsted? They're having to do something. Someone's going to come and judge them. Someone's going to come and rip apart everything that they're trying to put together because because you've got that sort of sense of we're, we're already a collaboration. And, and, and that I would imagine that must give much more support to, to heads around the country. Yeah, you mentioned the O word now. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'll put the lid yeah, back on. No, and, and, no, that's fine. And I think, um, I think in I mean, we've got some interesting experience from that really just over the last little while. It seems like a distant memory now with with COVID and all the rest of it. But uh, between November and February um, in the past year, we 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 had ten uh, we had seven Ofsted inspections in in ten weeks. Um, so we we feel we've got a little bit of experience to 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 draw on. Um, but I, I think you know again what that has enabled is a tremendous amount of support to be felt by the schools. Uh, and they've, uh, re- you know, particularly in the in the context of a, a demanding new framework, uh, that, that schools have been able to work together to prepare themselves for that framework. Uh, and you know, when when the Ofsted inspections are being passed on from one school to the next to the next, the experience is is, is passed on, and um, the learning from that is is giving you know, much more strength to the schools as you go down the line. And and certainly, you know, I've seen schools that have, all, all of those schools in our context have hugely valued uh, what it's meant to belong to a trust and actually to have the trust leader standing alongside them uh, at, at that time of inspection has, has really given them a, a great deal of strength. And, you know, we're able to work along, you know, we're able to work with inspectors as well and build relationships with them and show them what we're doing as a trust and how our improvement model and how our governance works um so you know it 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 enables a a positive picture to be built up over a period of time which i think is is really helpful i think certainly having that real understanding of how other schools are have set themselves up or are, are, are delivering so many things I, I certainly know from my experience of going into schools delivering music workshops and that kind of thing some schools just embraced that as an idea you know they knew the benefit of the arts within school they wanted to show it but then there were other schools that 
I kind of got the sense that they wanted to do it, but they weren't quite sure how it how it fit in with maybe an Ofsted report or or how the benefits of that would immediately change the the SATS yep. results or that kind of thing. And and I think when they're sort of on their own, it takes a real strong leader or strong governing body to be able to embrace it and run with it. But I can imagine, like you say, by having a group of schools together where you might be able to show experience or understand that experience it just gives you that sort of sort of push from behind i guess just to be able to say no i know this can work and we can run with it and we can be supportive yeah and, and i think you know you reference a really important thing there in terms of the uh, the arts and and so on and uh, you know like the whole world i suppose certainly the whole country over the last year we've really been focusing in on our curriculum and looking at the intent and the the, the design behind that and uh, you know sad, sadly um, the, the arts and things have, have, have missed out a lot in recent years and I think there's been a real determination within the trust uh, to, to, to drive that forward and whereas in some small rural schools you know if you take your example of music you may not have a music specialist in one of those small rural schools um, but but actually within the trust you know we've been able to pull together seven or eight really strong people as far as music is concerned um, and they through through online methods have, have met with each other regularly over a period of weeks uh, and have come up with an amazing um, music music uh, scheme of work and progression document which is going to really take that subject forward and uh, and again you know I, I think that for us again it's it, I'm coming back to the same word but it's about collaboration and it's about the strength of that collaboration and it's about the determination to to, to take a, an aspect forward whether it's music we've been able to do the same in art and these things that have potentially been neglected for a period of time are, are finding a platform again which is great and I think it's where these conversations really come into their own for for people listening to be able to to hear that you know the reality of of what a trust can do and deliver and its strengths and its breadth and all of that i think is uh, is really key depending on you know if you have experience or not or how, how you can combine it with your own and i guess to finish off we should probably mention the current situation you know some schools are back partly back tell us a little bit about what you've learned from 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 the schools being locked down and and is there anything which you found has been beneficial that you hadn't thought necessarily would have been the case that you, you're thinking about maybe implementing or, or adapting as, as time moves in from September into the next academic year? Yeah, I mean, I guess, for, you know, I've always known that teachers are wonderful. Um because I was one. I am one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I think we've we've all seen uh you know we've seen on a national scale just how amazing uh, the teaching profession is uh, uh, and you know i've said to my heads recently you know i i loved working with them before all of this uh, because of you know their skills and everything that they brought to the table but what I've seen from those leaders over recent weeks has just been utterly phenomenal. Um, and what I've seen in terms of the resilience of, of children uh, as well. And, you know, what a, the, and this leads into the, the latter part of your question there, you know, what, what I've seen in terms of, of, of parents and communities being able to work with children to maintain learning, to keep learning moving forward um you know has been nothing short of, of phenomenal and i think that's something that we really want to take take forward now one of the things that we've uh, really benefited from as a trust in, in in recent years is 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 being able to take a a joined up approach to towards uh, it delivery 
so you know a lot of pressure around resources and not having enough IT resources and so on but but to be able to have an infrastructure within the trust where all the schools are on the same platform where all the schools are able to talk to each other and communicate with each other really easily where they're able to store resources and, and so on so that they can access those a, across the whole trust and where you can have a common language around IT development has, has been a real bonus for us and and actually uh, I guess I never realized how much of an impact that would have um, when I didn't know that this was all going to happen but having put all of that into place it's really come into its own and I think coming out of this now we've we've got to take the learning from that uh, and 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 to realize that you know things like homework as we call it you know suddenly we've all been calling it home learning um you know and that's what it should be going forward it should be home learning uh, but again utilizing digital resources to to enable that to have a better impact and make that more accessible to more people uh, to enable that to be uh, available to the to the most disadvantaged families as well uh, so so that that's an area that we're going to give significant focus to because i think it will build resilience uh, in terms of you know perish the thought but potential uh, lockdown again if that were to happen nationally or locally uh, much more resilient but actually uh, more importantly longer term uh, that we've just got this seamless interaction between home and school that, that enables there to be much greater buy-in on the part of all families so um, I, I think you know a, a huge admiration for the profession for the leaders within the profession uh, but also for the children and families and, and anything that will help us to work together more effectively in future, I think can only be a good thing. And, you know, one of the things that, that again, that the report talks about is that the uh, possibility that the growth of trusts might be uh, somewhat somehow stalled by uh, the, the current circumstances. And I think, you know, it's incumbent on trusts to, to show you know, we're not the only game in town. We can't we can't think that, but it's it's incumbent on us to show actually uh, our strength in in times like this. And and, and I think there will be, uh, you know, a lot of schools that are, are starting to think, well, actually, you know, in terms of building resilience into our own ways of working, this is the way to go for us in the future. I think this current situation for everyone has really held a mirror up, hasn't it, in terms of what what were we doing before, which was working, and what wasn't. And and I think, like you say, when things like IT infrastructure, which is just part and parcel of, of what you were doing, is is part of running everything. Suddenly becomes yep. an integral part, but turns to be a, turns out to be a real lifeline for for the staff and for the children as well. You kind of get you, you must then sort of think, do you know what you know? We kind of knew we were doing and heading in the right way that we thought was the case, but when push comes to shove, we really get an extra sense that that's true. Yeah, and I, I think this has just refocused us all on what's the most important, doesn't it? And, and I think, you know, in, in difficult days at the moment, you know, I, I, I've become frustrated by thinking, well, look what we've done over the last five years and look what we've managed to create. And now it feels like we've hit something of a brick wall. But actually, it, when I'm feeling more positive than that, you, you, you just sit back and reflect and think, OK, so now we're reimagining it uh, and we're going to build on all those great things that we've done in the past. But actually, it's going to look different moving forward. It's going to have a different shape and it's going to have a different view and a different vision. And the two key questions I keep asking to people at the moment are, uh, you know, what, what, what do we never want to do again? Uh, and what do we want to keep doing that, that we've started doing during this period? So, uh, you know, asking those two questions is bring, bringing some, some real 
good thinking from people about about how we frame things moving forward so you know we would never have chosen to go through this uh, but i think again it's incumbent on us as as educators to to to, to take the positives from it uh, and to to use it to shape uh, an even better future for the children that we have in our care I think that's absolutely right. And I think the, the one real positive I think that's come out of this is the fact that we we want things to look a certain way. And what this shown us is that you have to be resilient, but you have to morph and you have to be aware that you don't know what's around the corner. And and I think that's all that's always true for children as well and as they start to, to, to embark on their life. And I think I've had a few analogies of various things over the last few weeks as I've, as I've spoken to people. But it's a bit that, like, you know, in three weeks' time, I've got a sporting event and I'm going to run the 100 metres and I'm likely to win. I've put all everything in place and it's going to be fantastic. And then you twist your ankle and you can't train and you can't run. You can still have all that ambition. It can still work in the same way. It's just going to be a different race, maybe slightly further down the track. Um, yeah. And, and and I think that that's that's just the way life is. That's the way things happen. They come at you left field and you've got no control over those things. But understanding that we're now all in that position and we're all morphing together, I think is a much more realistic way of how life is. And I think children understanding that, while it's difficult and it's unnerving in some ways, it's not necessarily detrimental. Yeah, no, I mean, I mentioned the Ofsted inspections that we had back in the uh, in the in the winter season, and uh, you know, I, I would never have chosen to go through seven Ofsted inspections in 10 weeks you know it was a it was a bit of a killer um but boy did it make us responsive and did it make us reactive and how helpful that experience was uh when you know six weeks later we faced ourselves having to to go into into a lockdown period so you know you you, you have to learn from from each of those experiences that come along uh, and ultimately turn it for the good of of, of the pupils and you know we, we've we've observed many times in the last month or so you know just actually how the children are so much more resilient than we are as grown-ups sometimes and uh, you know we need to build on that we need to meet, meet the needs as far as their mental and emotional well-being is concerned but but also you know just to, to capitalize on all the great things that they're able to do I completely agree well Mark thank you so much for spending your time and, and talking us through some of those key areas of the report but also to give us a real insight into what being and a really integral part of, of a trust is all about. And I think certainly for me, I've got a much clearer picture of, of, of how all these things can affect schools in such a positive way. And I think that sense of, of the all-encompassing support, I think, is the, is the, the biggest takeaway. And, and thank you very much for sharing all of that. Good. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you.